Hello, and welcome to the All Bets Are Off podcast, a gambling addiction recovery podcast brought to you by those with lived experience. If you're here and having difficulties with gambling, please reach out. There are plenty of people on your side. There's a comprehensive list of support services over on our website, www.allbetteroff.co.uk. It's now time to crack on with the pod. Hello and welcome to another episode of the All Bets Are Off podcast. You're listening to Ryan. I'm joined by my good friend, Chris. Firstly, Chris, how are you doing? Hello, mate. Um, yeah, I'm good today. I'm good today, thanks. I, I sent a blog out the other day, actually, because I have been feeling a little bit up and down. I've got to be honest, um, this goddamn mental health that sticks with me. Um, we've all got mental health problems from time to time, and currently I am struggling a little bit, but the beauty is that I can write those things down now. I can share those feelings. People reach out and help me. Um, I've got an unbelievable network through this podcast, through the Twitter community, through my Gamblers Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous um, groups. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. I, I never know who to phone. I don't want to leave anybody out, but there is so much help available. Um, so that's what I want to say. Remember, when you're listening to this podcast, and if you're there starting out on a recovery journey um, for gambling addiction or anything else, you know, we all know that I've always had my issues with um, alcohol and stuff as well. And I'm currently waiting for an ADHD assessment. There's all sorts of stuff that goes on. Just reach out. There's loads of us here. Um, we want to help each other. I'm so grateful for the help that I get, but equally, reach out to me and I want to help back as well. Fantastic. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. And obviously I did read your blog post and I obviously reached out and, you know, obviously the issues that I'm going through at this moment in time. So, um, yeah, we, we, it's good to talk about, uh, good to talk about things, particularly about your, your mental health. And Chris today, um, I'm absolutely delighted, uh, to welcome the one and only Dan Cuss, AKA Jaron. Uh, now he's an AFC Bournemouth fan, just like our good friend Alex over on the Invisible Addiction podcast. Uh, Dan is also a YouTuber of around 66 thousand subscribers which uh, i'm sure we'll talk about a little bit today firstly dan pleasure to have you in our company how's it going yeah pleasure to be here um i'm really good uh yeah i'm being uh could be better uh on tuesday made the long trip to to norwich and saw us get beat six nil also traveling up to hull tomorrow for the for the game uh, lots of away days this season, but yeah, doing really good. Thanks for having me on. No, that's right. I, mean, I was actually because um, we were playing Barrow on the same evening, which I could have gone to. I'm a Villa fan, and I did see that you had our former goalkeeper Oya Nyland uh, in goal. Um, is that correct? Yeah, that's that's correct. Uh, didn't have his best game. Um, <laughs> made made a couple of mistakes, and yeah, it, it's it's one of those ones. Um, where were you when we got beat six 0 That's 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 the you know it, it's one of those games that you'll remember. Um, if you're going to get beaten 3-0, 2-0, it may as well be 6. And it doesn't really matter. Carabao Cup. But yeah, we go again on the weekend. Brilliant, brilliant. And I guess we should clear something up early doors. Um, so when I reached out uh, to yourself, having admittedly not watched a lot of your material, no offence, uh, sorry about that. No, that's so good. <laughs> um, I did write to you originally calling you Jaron uh, because that's what you've got on your YouTube channel. And uh, so I apologise for what, for that. But what is the story behind the name? So basically, it's not it's not as interesting um, as, you, as you might think. It was because uh, I started my channel when I was 13, I think. Um, oh, God, it feels like ages ago now, like six years ago. And uh, I, was, I, I was thinking of a name, what could I call it? And I was doing my French homework and I thought, 
wonder what my last name is translated into French. And it was, and it was Duron. And I thought, ah, oh, that sounds, sounds quite, quite all right. I thought, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. So it was originally Duron FIFA. Um, I think now if you go into Google Translate, it trans, translates back to Oath. So slight, it's changed slightly. I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, that's the origin of the name and it's kind of just stuck. And uh, yeah, I, can't, I quite like it. So yeah. Fair enough. I, I mean, I've got to admit, I thought it was Spanish myself, but um, uh, thank, thanks for clearing that up. I guess before we get into discussion uh, about your gambling addiction story in, in great detail, uh, we could perhaps start with hearing more about you and your YouTube channel because um, it was through the video that you shared with your subscribers in, in late July uh, that Chris um, on the podcast today with us forwarded forwarded on to me uh, and that's how I personally found out about yourself so how did that start up and what shenanigans go on on your YouTube channel? So I started uh, as I said when I was 13 years old I've always had an interest in sort of making videos presenting being on camera um, I, I made videos way before then uh, just not to post anywhere just just love doing it um, and yeah, so I got to 13 and I and I loved playing FIFA. So I made some sort of FIFA commentary videos um, and that and that went on for a while. Um, and then I think I hit a thousand subscribers and I did a face reveal and uh, I sort of adapted my content. So I did a bit of uh, football videos, some real life football videos, went to some of the games, did some match day vlogs, uh, did some sort of challenge videos. And yeah, and it was and it was the videos uh, that I did with my dad actually. Um, I did some uh, FIFA videos with my dad, and that sort of concept hadn't really been done before. And that was the initial sort of big jump of growth. Um, I think the first video that blew up, I think, was we did a, a club tour. So we basically went through my dad's all of his players that he's got in his FIFA team, and um, I think that's got about half a million views now. Um, and so that, I did that for a while, and then I did some challenge, uh, some challenges um, on the channel, and that sort of consisted of anything. And one of them happened to be me. It was a fifty ways to break a jawbreak. I thought this could be a funny concept and make it into sort of like a meme challenge video. Uh, and didn't think much of it. I uploaded it. I think it it didn't actually do. Um, compared to my other videos, it actually, I think, got less views. And then over time, it just suddenly grew and grew and grew. And I think it's on 2 million views now. So that was another growth of um, uh, subscribers and views. And uh, yeah, and then I, I, I sort of stuck with the FIFA for a while. And um, I think recently I've sort of fallen out of love with sort of making the FIFA videos um, before. I think I, it was what I originally loved doing, but I think uh, over time I sort of didn't enjoy it in the same way. And I want to be passionate about what I'm doing. I think that's when I make the best stuff. Um, so I switched to sort of real life football stuff, sort of project videos, documentary style stuff, because I, I'm really interested in that at the moment. So that's kind of where I am now. So, yeah. Right. This is uh, maybe you don't want to hear this, Dan. But my son is 12 and he totally wants to be a YouTuber. So I'm going to be like picking your brains after this because he drives me absolutely insane asking what to do. And not just a YouTuber, he wants to be streaming on Twitch and all this stuff. And so you're my man, you're my, you're my go-to man now for, for all this. And uh, I just wanted to say something else as well. Like Ryan said, I sent on your video to him and you know, I said, I thought it'd be great to get you on. But actually your video originally was sent to me by another guy who's been on our podcast before called George Cooper. Um, and I've, I've got it here, what he sent me. I just wanted to read a little bit out, but it says, I'm not sure if you've seen this guy on YouTube, but what struck me was his age. 
and the age of a couple of the people he speaks to, it made me think if gambling campaigners could get more of these young voices on board, kind of the 18 to 21 tech savvy types, YouTubers and that kind of thing, it could help send a really strong message out there. And I thought, he's spot on, he's spot on. So I'm so glad we reached out. Thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Um, but yeah, Dan, so anyway, how about you uh, tell us a little bit of how you started to gamble now? We've spoken about the YouTube channel a little bit. How did you start to gamble? Um, and presumably, I mean, you've spoken about football a lot already. So, you know, was it through that medium? Uh, it was. Um, like with a lot of people my age um, and a lot of people that I know, it started off with football. And weirdly enough, I didn't actually mention this in, in my video that I made, but I, I, I made a betting account on, as soon as I turned 18, um, and I did put some bets on. I think I spent, I think it was maybe twenty pounds. I put, um, and I, I lost all of them. I thought this is rubbish. I just wasted twenty quid. I'm never doing that again. Um, this sucks. Um, and so never did, uh, never betted again. And um, yeah, I, I didn't even think about it. It wasn't something like I, I, quite a few of my friends did it. I thought no, I'm not doing that. It seems like a waste of money. And because I just I saw my friend, he, he was saying, "I oh, he's, he's losing uh, all the time." I thought I won't bother with that. But it got to um, a point where I was just about to start uh, a new sort of job editing for a, another YouTuber, and I didn't I didn't have any money in the bank account really. I had about five pounds, um, so I deposited that onto um, into a, uh, I can't remember what bank. I think it was Skybet or something like that, and I put that on three separate bets i think i put two two pound bets and one a one pound bet on and at that point i was like you you know you put the 50 to one 100 to one you think oh yeah that might come through it's worth it's worth a, a worth a punt and i think it was son to assist kane and kane to assist son and one of the spurs game i thought well, that's been happening a lot recently it happened um i was big into my fpl still am so i thought yeah, that, that's that's possibility put two pounds on the 66 to one and it and it came through and i was um i think it was 130 pound uh rich and I thought, oh, this this i've got this buzz of like oh my god i've got i've got money for the month now i can i can go out with my friends go to the pub do whatever and it was and and that was originally, and I I said I said it in the video that I really don't think any of this would have happened if I never won that original bet. Um, at that point, because I still the only reason I put that money on, I was like five pounds is not going to get me anything. I may as well chuck it on. If I if I hadn't have put that on, I probably would have never put any money on in the first place. Um, I never really had any interest in it. So that's I think how it originally sort of started. So uh, just to clarify, you uh, there was no pre-exposure to, to gambling, so none of your parents or close family members gambled no not at all it was um I, i've none of my family um gambled or spoke about gambling uh, none of my relatives um yeah just a just a couple of my my friends really at, at that point and um yeah even but even before i was 18 yeah never had any any interest in gambling i had um i have, have got a very obsessive personality when i was much younger i got diagnosed with ocd um and got therapy for that and i think that did play a big part in it and uh, it's something that i think like any mental health it sort of never really goes away you just learn to sort of manage it um and i think that was the case and that was a big reason why um it, it can work in my favor and sometimes i get obsessed with things that benefit me like for example uh when i started when i was doing the videos i had to do loads and loads and loads of videos all i thought about nothing else um but obviously it also can be the other side where it's something negative like a gambling problem yeah dan i can totally understand what you said there about kind of the obsession in your mind and you know i, I get that as well once this sank i feel like i need to do what i want to do i'm passionate about 
I can't stop myself. I can't stop myself. I feel like I need to start it and work on it forever until my passion has gone and then I can just stop and I've done it all in one go. That's how I feel. No breaks, not even a coffee break, or that could be enough to, to kind of break me, to be honest. And um, you said about putting that bet on that five pound or the three bets on with that five pound and one of them coming in and you're getting that 130 pound and that being that hook in. Um, I get that. I really, really get that. And and as such a young person who only had £5 to get to £130, and like you said, you've then got money for the month, that's a big that's a big thing, isn't it? And it makes it feel very easy. And I wonder what your feelings around that bet were. You know, was it this is an easy way to make money or was it this is going to be a one-off? You know, did you, did you think at that point, this is saying I can do in the future and it might come off again? I... I thought, I think I've had this conversation when, with my mate who was uh, in the video uh, who I betted with. And I think that we, we thought, easy money. It's, it's like, we know enough about football. Um, we can predict the scores. We can, we, we can uh, easily make a bit of money here. And the idea of, because when we said, this is like when we were betting all the time, we just, oh yeah, this is easy. We can, we can make money from something we enjoy doing anyway. We enjoy watching the football. We know enough about it and um, we haven't worked at all. We've just sat and watched a 90-minute game or whatever it was, um, or not even necessarily that, just put it, put it on while we're out or something, whatever, and we can make money easily. So it wasn't even like a, oh, yes, yeah, it's a one-off thing. I, I thought now, oof, the, I, I, I want this buzz again. I, I want to I wanna win again. And um, and it wasn't long before I did win again. And uh, it just, it's a snowball effect. Um and that's how it sort of progressed. I can totally relate to that in terms of from a um, my first experience in terms of what I believe sparked my problematic relationship with gambling was was of a positive financial one on the fixed odd betting terminals where I basically won a month's wages equivalent of in in twenty minutes. And uh, needless to say, is I can still remember that like yesterday. Whereas a lot of the 15 years in between is I, I, I can't remember uh, too much about. And I wanted to talk about in terms of, you know, you're, you're, you're quite young. How old, how old are you, Dan? Um, I'm 19, 20 in next Thursday in a week. Ah, well, happy birthday uh, uh, next, for next week, I'm sure. Is that the day this pod is going out as well? Will this be the happy birthday pod? Is it? Brilliant. Look at that. Amazing. Yeah, I, I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, so this pod's going to be going out on your birthday. Should we sing to him, Ryan? I ain't singing. <laughs> I ain't doing no singing. No, no, no. But I wanted to touch upon the, the the age sort of thing here. You know, I recently did a recording on an American podcast and they were surprised to hear um, when I, uh, you know, said just how normalised gambling is over here. And, and that includes mobile a- applications and, and, and whatnot. Uh, it's, 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 it's an everyday part of life. And so perhaps more so for our listeners from across the pond, uh, particularly uh, among your circle of friends who are going to be of a much younger demographic than, say, for example, uh, uh, Chris's and, and, and indeed myself, um, percentage wise, could you put an estimate on how many of them at least have uh, have at least one uh, gambling application on the mobile phone? Um, I would say from from my friends, um, which consists of um, mainly um, sort of males around my age, eighteen to sort of twenty years old. I I would have to say that at, at least fifty percent for sure. And from from a lot of people I speak to, my mate Alex, who was in the video. Um, He's friends with uh, a lot of the people that uh, he went to school with. And a lot of them still say that it's just normal. Um, and I remember meeting up with a few people from from uh, that I hadn't seen in a while from school. And 
a lot of the conversation, and this, I think this is before I mentioned or made a video about it properly, a lot of them were saying, but pretty much all of them actually were saying that about, about betting. So I think if you're in, it's sort of, especially in that sort of, it's almost in the football culture, isn't it? Oh, we'll go to the bookies or we'll go on a mobile phone, put the money on and now, especially with being able to go on your mobile phone and it's so easy to deposit um, and it's sort of all together. Um, oh, come on, lads, let's put a fiver in, let's put a tenner in, um, this will be funny. Uh, and and so I would say at least 50% of the people I knew, probably, probably more actually, probably more like 70% of the people that I was friends with or I knew of had uh, gambled or has a gambling apps. Um, so that showed how kind of normal it is. And that's not surprising. That's not surprising to me. You know, like it's so easy to download apps these days. All you do is go on the Play Store and there they are. Um, if you're on social media and you're a person of your age group or my age group or Ryan's age group, it doesn't necessarily matter. I think once you hit kind of 18, anyway up to, you know, 90 or whatever the case may be, they will hit you with gambling, advertising online and free bets and all this kind of stuff. So, of course, of course, people are downloading them because it is so normal. Actually, I remember um, listening to one of Alex Lewis's Invisible Addiction um, podcast. I'm pretty sure it was Alex's. And uh, they had, he had a, um, like a teacher on there. I'm sure he had a sixth form teacher on there or something and talking about how, you know, students were talking about gambling in class, in lessons and talking about the apps on their phone. So, you know, it's just normal. It's normal. And you use the word funny there. You know, let's all put um, sort of a bet on it will be funny. Um, isn't that weird? Isn't that weird that the culture we are in now is that it will be funny to place this bet and just see what happens. When we know that actually from all of our experiences, that first bit of, what we think might be fun or might be funny can turn into something a lot more dangerous, a lot more dangerous. And obviously, yeah, like you said, gambling is so, so ingrained with football nowadays. Many other things as well. Actually, with youngsters and stuff, we might, I don't know if we'll talk about this later, but, you know, things like Love Island, which has just finished, all this kind of stuff when we gamble, it's absolutely, um, it's a huge industry, isn't it? It's not just about football and that. It's about things like Love Island and other reality TV shows and, you know, things that just wouldn't have been able to be gambled on in my granddad's day, for example. Um, but so football betting, and Ryan has put this in the, um, in the show notes, so I'm going to say this, but it's not a term that I would have picked. <laughs> so football betting is what tickles your pickle, Dan, apparently. Um, <laughs> Flipping neck, Ryan. Flipping neck. <laughs> anyway, I just want to know, was it just accumulators or was it in-play betting or perhaps a culmination of all the kinds of bets you get online? Uh, yeah, literally uh, everything um, from accumulators to in-play um, to everything in between. And there would be... Uh, yeah, there would be virtual virtual games I would do. And looking back on it, it, it just see it was so... It was it was, it was quite sad. Um how like not even a real football game so it completely got away from art because i always kind of convinced myself oh it just adds to the experience of watching a game so when it sort of is virtual it's not even happening within a two minute one minute virtual match it's completely different yeah um acker accumulators uh not long i think it was uh in the champions league group stages last season i won uh, i think it was 350 quid from an acker accumulator and that's my first sort of proper big win i think uh and that was a significant month like you know it's getting a good chunk of money that um i can get an instant compared to to working um for the whole month and getting whatever at the end of end of the month so yeah those uh those acker accumulators um were 
all I was doing and in play yeah that that was constant it was constant in play it was I could never relax it was like oh something's changed I can put a bet on or oh, the the bet suspended um I've got a, what what's happened here the amount of anxiety I'd get from from putting the bets on and seeing something suspended and either you know filled with joy or being really really down for for the next what 45 90 minutes whatever it is um yeah so that was it was everything i am um, for me that anxiety crikey i can i can um, understand that feeling i felt it when you said it do you know what i mean it brings it flooding back um and i didn't gamble in the days of var and i don't know how it even works but my life i can't imagine what what happens with var nowadays and gambling and the, the is it coming off? Is it isn't it coming off? Is it coming in? Was that a goal? Wasn't that a goal? Was that an offside? I just you know, how would how would you cope? It is, you're right, it's anxiety. And because things change so quickly, you feel like you need to bet all the time. And that in itself is um it's 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 a really horrible tactic from the industry because it isn't like betting on a game at the start, is it, and watching it to the end or even to half time. They talk about um, you know, betting. I, I hate this. I absolutely hate it when they say this builds an interest in the game. It makes the game interesting. It doesn't. Football is interesting because football is a brilliant game. But the problem is, how can it build interest in the game when you're not even watching the game because you're worried about what is coming next and what's going to change? And, oh, my crikey, I've put my bet on for six yellow cards, but there's already five. I don't think that's going to work out. I better put it on eight and all that kind of stuff. Um, And it's just horrible. I can really appreciate that anxiety you're feeling. Um, As a young guy as well, I'm talking about football, it just brought into my mind um, esports. Have you gambled on esports at all? Or what's your kind of thinking and feeling around the esports scene? So I didn't, surprisingly, it wasn't, I think, I think there was a a couple of bets that I I, I put on esports. I think when it was the only thing on at whatever time in the morning, um, on whatever day of the week. Um, But no, it was never actually something that I... um, that I did actually put money on. Uh, I know that it's a it's a it's a big thing as well, and I suppose it all it all depends what what hooks you. I think with with me it was football. With someone else it might be esports. It might be basketball for for someone else. Um, might be cricket. Whatever. It, it's 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 different for everyone. And um, and I'm interested to know as as a question from me is um, from speaking to a lot of people as well. How is how common is it for someone to start gambling just from casino is it something that starts usually with sports and then goes to casino or is there quite a few cases where it is people just start casino and stick with that generally speaking it's uh football is a, is an entry point particularly for for most young men um whereas um from a obviously this is looking at academia and, and research that's out there um, and not everyone's story goes the same way uh, but from a women's perspective generally speaking they're drawn into stuff like online slots and and bingo and such uh, particularly sort of um, you know stay-at-home mums etc that are obviously being bombarded with with advertisements during the day uh, that are particularly aimed aimed at at them in particular so so yeah chris might have uh, something to say on that as well yeah what ryan just said there i think it makes a lot of sense when you look at um, how advertising on tv works for example ryan just said about the bingo being on during the day and and often people get into bingo and then actually there is a lot of slot play on bingo sites as well um and obviously it's the football games during the daytime where people are seeing you know 
there's a whistle to whistle ban. I can't stand the whistle to whistle ban. You know, you can't have adverts five minutes before and up to five minutes after the game if it's pre watershed. But there is advertising all around the pitch and in the lead up. You know, how big is it now, the um, kind of lead up to football games? You know, you'll get an hour before a game. And in all of that hour, there are plenty of adverts around football. And I think the point is, youngsters are seeing these kind of adverts during the daytime hours. Yeah, there might be casino ones in the evening, but youngsters, women, anyone that's home during the daytime, are seeing these kind of adverts and then it's those online casino ones that tend to come on a bit later in the day, possibly after nine o'clock more often. Yeah, it was, it is, that is the case that um, from, you notice it a lot more as well. Um, I think that when you were gambling and after you finished, uh, after you've recovered or on recovery and you've stopped, um, I think that you, you notice these ads a lot more. I think when I was younger, you weren't able to bet, you didn't even think about them. You wouldn't even even remember the ads really but uh, as soon as you're thinking about betting and is there's even a little ad break before the the game starts uh, where the players are walking out they cut to an ad and it's a bet 365 ad a labbrooks ad whatever and they're giving you live odds for what's happening in the game you go go on that's that's quite likely to happen but yeah it's 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 all over the place it's on football shirts um, which I think is a big problem. And it's all over the stadium. So it's constantly in your mind. Um and you, and you can constantly think about it. And uh, I think it's something that really does need to change. Um, I think it's become way too normalised and something that's so destructive for a lot of people is constantly bombarded on your screen. Um, you know, put a bet on here, put a bet on there, here are the odds. Um, you could win, 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 never lose, never see the word lose anywhere associated with betting. Um, it's just about winning. And you think, yeah, I, I, I could do that. And once you've got that winner, it's 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 all you think about in, in, in a lot of cases. That's really interesting because I was at um, West Ham v Leicester last Monday and um, I was eating in the Westfield um, food hall before the game. And it's amazing because essentially I just felt like I was in a world which was advertising Betway when I was eating my dinner because, you know, it's all the West Ham fans there in their shirts. Um, and it was absolutely mad because obviously around that there were some families eating their dinner and stuff, young children there. Um, but, you know, all those people who are in the stadium have to get to that stadium. People stop in pubs, people stop for food, people stop in all different places. And actually with all these shirts around, I just felt like I was in a I was in a Betway advert while I was eating my dinner. It was just absurd. It was really absurd, and that's that normalisation we talk about, and, and you know that's the danger. I mean, uh, it's, it's certainly something that I wanted to go on and talk about uh, in a bit more detail. And uh, I do in the show notes, I do specifically talk about this a little in a bit more detail with regards to uh, AFC Bournemouth's uh, former um relationship with with mansion bet um but i wanted to speak about we we're talking about the, the football uh, uh betting side of things and from what i gather um i mean even myself most of my gambling related harm was through online gambling but for me personally nothing beat going in the bookies on a saturday um you know i was i was like a kid in a in a candy shop and uh, uh i'd you know i remember going in going up to the football coupon uh, stand and I'd be getting two of them, three of them, four of them, five of them, and I'd go through the the racing post, sit there with a cup of tea and all that sort of stuff, and you know I'd just plop myself on the chair and have a look at the form. Um, now, whilst obviously um, I don't want to promote promote gambling, we we do take our responsibilities very seriously as a as a gambling addiction uh, recovery podcast for for sure. But rather than um, 
at that time, there wasn't that so much compulsive nature to, to gamble because I was actually doing what I would say is the sort of research ahead of having those those bets. Um, but I would say that on a handheld device that that encourages the compulsiveness um, of of gambling. And um, can I ask, Dan, were you strictly a, a mobile better or did you venture into bookmakers or casinos at all? And if so, what were your experiences in, in, within them like? So I ne I've never been into a bookie in my life, and which is crazy to say. Um, I mean, partly whether that would have been different if there wasn't COVID for, for pretty much my entire adulthood. Uh, yeah, there was, so I turned 18 in September tw uh, 2019. Yeah, that's right. And so a lot of it was, was COVID. So whether that would have been different, I'm not sure. But yeah, so, and with it being, like you say, on a mobile device, it's completely different to handing someone a five pound note, a 10 pound note, a 50 pound note, whatever it is. And um, it really does feel kind of like monopoly money. It doesn't even feel real. And um, you spoke a bit about the, the in-play bets as well. I remember there'd be multiple times where I put something on and it would lose within a minute of me putting it on 30 seconds and okay, I've got to put another one on. Oh, that one's not coming in now. I've got to make another racker or I've got to do something else. And it kept going. Um, and there was a period where I think, which was my best weekend ever. And I think that best weekend was also caused the worst part of my my, my addiction was because I won about a thousand pounds in a week uh, in a weekend. And that was just from uh, putting bets on there to be no goals scored in the last sort of 50 minutes of multiple games. And I thought this is coming in all the time. Obviously, it was. It just happened. To, it happened to be. Um, and I won a lot of money. And I'd keep putting bets on until they, they one would win big. I'd be putting twenty five, fifty, a hundred pounds on until I made profit. Um, and eventually, that they came in. But it just meant like I mentioned constant anxiety. The, the, the anxiety of someone not scoring is uh, even opposed to scoring is is completely different concept. Um, I think. And uh, so I'd be like that. I'd be on all these websites, seeing something suspended and uh, be at, I mean, I, I was up at ridiculous times um, doing that exact same thing um, and seeing something suspended and the feeling that I, the, the, the anger initially it was, you get, I got so angry um, uh, with myself um, initially at the, uh, what has happened but um, and then and that just leads to loads of emotions. But it's it's so fast paced constantly with the in play bets. Everything's change, changing by the seconds, um, so you can lose months money instantly. And I was putting money on for the sake of it, really. I mean, you mentioned the anxiety and you know even uh, sleepless nights. It sounds like, um, and that brings me on to my next question about the behaviours you were exhibiting and um, how you think that it, it changed you. And and did anyone else notice? Uh, and, and or say anything to you so this is um this is the thing no one i was quite good at disguising how i how i felt about it i my parents did know that i i was um putting money on and they joked about me oh you can't get addicted you know what you're like with um you get obsessed with anything and i go oh it's fine honestly and i was very good at like almost putting on an act um i'd i'd go downstairs to watch the football um with my dad uh, whatever game it was knowing that I put, I think, like 200 pounds on an, on an acker and acting like it was normal. And even putting, which is what it was horrible, I even putting money on Bournemouth, which adding to the to the stress of or, or already wanting your team to win, uh, putting money on it is 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 another thing. So yeah, no, it, it was, um, it, it changed my behavior massively. Uh, and 
I was constantly thinking about it. It was the only thing I thought about in the day. My day literally revolved around um, betting. And um, because I lost a lot of it, I, I lost my first, I think, well, I, I lost pretty much everything that I, that I earned in each month um, over time, whether it be quicker or sooner. I think the first two months I lost it very, very quickly. And then you have, you're working for free. You're getting onto, I'm getting onto my computer, editing a video, spending however long, just literally working for free because I, I'm, I'm just earning money that I've lost. Um, so that that especially was horrible, having to spend the whole day gambling, um, whole day betting. Uh, there's games for up to the Brazilian League, and there's games in Colombia, uh, games in India at like 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. I was doing that throughout the whole day and then it gets to at night, I've realised I've got to do a video. I've got to finish it by by the morning. I've got to finish it by tomorrow. So I'm then, and if I've lost, I'm thinking, oh, I'm working for free here and I'm spending, um, I'm sleep deprived. So it really did dictate my life. My life was around um, all the bets on and I would really, really struggle if there wasn't any games on um wasn't any games on TV or wasn't any games on, sorry, wasn't wasn't more so games on at all. Like if there were no games on for whatever reason, uh, then I, I really, really struggled midweek. I think, I think that, that's a big contributor as well is because with there being so many games because of the COVID restrictions, there was games every single day, which there wasn't many, many times where there was uh, nothing on so you could constantly have something to think about and my dad mentioned it in my video there were um i don't know if i actually included this bit in the interview but i was watching this really really dull game that i probably would have never watched it was like brighton versus like burnley or something like that i think it ended nil nil it was a horrible game i would have switched it off usually by about half time so this is rubbish got no affiliation to any of the teams but i was on there on facetime with my mate because we put a bet on for an acker for something to win. And, he, and my dad walked in and he, he said uh, to me after, after I've stopped, um, he remembers that specifically because he remember walking in and seeing the sort of dark, depressing atmosphere um, surrounding us, surrounding the game. And yeah, and, and, and it really, it, it really was that it was, um, I love football. And the, the, when I stopped the, the first game we watched uh, me and my, uh, me and my friend, Alex, we, we watched a game and we loved it because there was no stress of anything happening and we just watched the game and I think it was I think it was the Porto Juventus game and it was an absolute cracker so it made it even better and that was sort of like it felt really really good um so that was a really nice feeling at the end of it when I stopped gambling I could start to enjoy football again it's it's incredible isn't it like it's incredible like I love sport I love it I watch it all the time but I hated it when I was gambling. I absolutely hated it. And do you know what? As well, you're talking about betting on Bournemouth. I'm a Liverpool fan, but I would. Re- I mean, I would. I did start betting on Liverpool, but then when I realised that you know all I really wanted to do was get in bets, which are long odds. I always had to bet against Liverpool, um, so I never really wanted Liverpool to win, even though we were trying to get that first title. Do you know what I mean? For for a very long time, I couldn't want us to win because I was. I, you know, I had to bet against us if I was betting. Um, on a Liverpool game, which was absolutely mad. Um, anyway, Dan, lastly, before we pop off for a break, I'm just intrigued to know, um, what advice would you give yourself now rather than placing that first bet or before you placed that first bet? You may still have done it, but what would that advice have been? That's very, very tough, actually. Um, I think that's real. I, actually, I'm not actually sure, which is which is weird. I've never actually thought about that. Um I know that's a very common question you ask. What would you tell yourself before you did this, or what would you change? Or I think it would. 
I think it it would it would be to be aware of what you're doing, be conscious of what you're doing, um, know what you're doing. This is real money. Um, obviously, I you'd go back and say never place a bet if if you could. But if it was more advice, I'd say make sure you know what you're doing. Um, yeah, be conscious of uh, of what you're the money you're putting on. Um, be realistic. Like think about what you're actually doing. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really weird one because y- you would. I feel like in some way, it, a lot of things could have gone differently. Like f- for for argument's sake, I could have put five pounds on and won ten thousand pounds, and I might even still be gambling to this day. Um, I think it took for something to go really badly wrong um, for me to realise it. Because when you're winning, you go, "Ah, oh, I'm not addicted at all. This is brilliant. I'm 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 up money." But I think when you're losing, you start to you really start to realise, and it took. Because I remember Googling signs of a gambling addict thinking, oh, I'm not actually addicted. I'm just interested to see what a gambling addict is like. And it was so, and I see, I hear so many stories about people going, no, I'm convinced themselves they're not. And it and it really was, uh, and it took me so long to admit it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that would be my advice to um, to myself then. But anything, it, might, it could have been completely different. Um but I'm, I'm glad, all I'm glad now is that I've, I've stopped and hopefully can help other people. For sure. I mean, this addiction is totally indiscriminate. And, you know, some of the, uh, I've said it before, is some of the most intelligent, articulate people uh, I've met um, have come in recovery from from gambling, uh, from gambling related harm. So, uh, and that just goes to, to show, and uh, Chris often speaks about his um, GA and indeed his AA rooms and uh, around the multitude of, of various different people that are within there from different walks of life. And so it's not like, it, there's a, a, a set person or persona there um which is that's what a gambling addict looks like so uh, so yeah but um join us after the break uh, we're going to go for a quick break and hear from our sponsors gamban so yeah we'll catch you in a moment thank you for taking the time to listen to us today the all bets are off podcast is brought to you in association with gamban and they've teamed up with gamcare and gamstop to formulate talk ban stop The Talk Ban Stop campaign offers a trio of free tools to prevent gambling harm. With support via Gamcare's National Gambling Helpline, free Gamban blocking software and Gamstop self-exclusion. Head to www.talkbanstop.com for more information. Talk Ban Stop is only available in the UK, but to block your devices from accessing gambling sites and apps, you can get Gamban at gamban.com or on the App Store or Play Store, wherever you are in the world. Now though, it's time to get back into the pod. Welcome back to part two of today's show. I'm here with my trusted sidekick, Chris, and our special guest for today, Dan Cuss. Now, Dan, uh, the the incredibly brave video you published about your battles with, with gambling has amassed tens of thousands of views. And in that video, you talked about the, the stigma associated to, to gambling-related harm in today's society. And I totally agree with you, especially in young people, uh, which I know we've touched upon uh, within this episode. Now, I've already said it and I'll say it again. Um, I always have great admiration for anyone that recognizes they have a problematic relationship with gambling and does something positive about it, but especially none more so perhaps than in young people. Now, the reason I say this is because I knew deep down many, many moons ago that I had uh, a, a 
a, a problematic relationship with gambling, but I thought I was too young to stop at that particular time. Now, looking around your close circle of friends, I know away from the recording, we've spoken a little bit about it, but without obviously mentioning in any names, and I know that you wouldn't, would you say that there are others that are displaying symptoms of having difficulties with gambling? And since you've come out um, and spoke very openly about your problems, has anyone confided in yourself? Yeah, so it was something that I was quite shocked about. And obviously, I've mentioned my friend Alex, who obviously was happy to for his name to be out there and was in my video to talk about because he was... I was kind of doing that with with him but yeah there was there was people that I hadn't spoke to since school that were that were that were, would message me and be like I've um this is this is how I've been feeling and um, this I've have pretty much exactly the same situation as you I hear it um uh, a lot when I go and play football um with some of my mates um I've joined a um uh, a Saturday league football team and a lot of that sort of group chat, a lot of the people there is is it's about betting. And yeah, it was it was interesting to to get some uh, to get messages of people because even though I knew it was it was uh, it was it was a big thing, it was the fact that people recognised it and would would, would message me and be like, um, "This is this is how I'm I've been doing it for for however long, and I've put loads of money, I've lost this and that and the other." And the fact that um, whether they've spoke to anyone else about it, I'm not sure. But the fact that they they recognised it, I thought was quite interesting because I think there is sort of that sense when you're young of you're sort of invincible in that sense. Nothing can affect me. Um, it's it's something that I can worry about in the future. I'm sure that's you know that's the same with sort of like cigarettes, for example. You, you don't think about necessarily the consequences until later on in your life, perhaps. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it, it, that kind of thing. It's almost like. Oh, it, it, if you if you're young, you you can't be addicted to gambling, or you you can't be um this this can't affect you because it's it's something that it, there's sort of this I guess this image in your mind of a forty year old per person coming out of a of a betting shop crying with with alcohol um dressed poorly that's the kind of image that you have of a lot of people but there isn't any image of, of of any of any of these addictions really it's it's it can come from so many different people so many different backgrounds there's no specific person that uh, that you could say oh they'll likely be a gambling addict or they won't be a gambling addict so yeah i thought i thought there was it was very interesting to see um that there was there was quite a few people that recognized it and and, and messaged me and uh, i was really happy that it could maybe you know even, even if it helped um whether they stopped or not you know, at least shed some light on it um I thought I was um, I was really happy that I was able to do something, and I was really happy that they they uh, sent me a message. Yeah, that's wicked, Dan. That's really great. Um, we we get the same. Lots, you know, anybody who reaches out and says, um, oh, sorry, anybody who you know puts themselves out there and says, you know, this is my experience, and these are the issues that I've had, and this is how I've dealt with them. We'll get other people coming back and talking to them, and and, it, and it's amazing, really. You know that um, you're able to do that. You're able to talk in such a way that you're comfortable saying you know this is what I've gone through um, and people have felt comfortable coming to you to, to reach out that's 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 so important and especially when you're so young because um, 
for me, you know, actually, it's really funny. You just said about you think like an old person coming out of the the bookmakers is a 40-year-old, like, alcoholic, not dressed very well, crying. Well, that would have been me because I'm nearly 40. I mean, if I hadn't stopped four years ago. But I think, I used to think it was like a 60-year-old because obviously I'm about 20 years older than you. But you think it's someone like me. And that just made me chuckle. That really, really did make me chuckle. Um, But also, I think what's really important about you talking about this is the fact that it is okay to talk about this as a youngster. Younger people can get addicted very quickly because the products they use are very addictive. Um, but like you say, um, youngsters don't consider the risk all the time. You know, part of growing up and being a teenager is pushing the boundaries and stuff, isn't it? Trying to work out what you should, shouldn't do, what you can get away with. Um, so it's really, really important that young people understand that, you know, like if you gamble, there is a, there can be a huge risk here. You need to understand it. And if you get caught up in it, these are the places you can reach out to. And very often it's got to be easier, I would have thought, to reach out to somebody your own kind of age who you think this person will understand who I am. And you know what? I'm really lucky at my at my GA group. We've got a load of youngsters and they're not all the same, but I just happen to have a lot of youngsters at mine. And it's, it's really inspiring seeing them come in so early and saying, I've got a difficulty here. Can you help me? And, you know, everyone can help each other, young or old. It doesn't really matter. But that initial way in, it's great to have someone you can really really relate to i think on on a similar level and age being one of them um but just want to take this back a little bit mate um back to uh your first bet actually i believe your gambling started uh, when you took advantage of a free bet uh, and that's really interesting because a few weeks ago uh, ryan spoke with annie ashton on the podcast now annie's well known to a lot of people in the recovery um space at the moment and her husband um Luke tragically took his own life in April um, and his journey was sparked by a free bet actually um so you know it just shows how dangerous they can be and we just wanted to know what are your opinions on free bets and inducements so actually my first bet wasn't a free bet um it was it was the last five pounds I had in my bank account but I have had so many cases where I've been I've been drawn into something from the free bet and I think that got me into casino originally and um I saw free oh, 50 spins or free 10 pounds, no deposit or whatever it was. And you, and you win something on there and it just makes you go, Oh, do you know what? I see sometimes these advertisements, um, that are like, Oh, deposit 10 pounds. If you, if you, if you lose, we'll give you the back a uh, cash. How many of those people are going to actually withdraw that 10 pounds? Or is that never going to come back in your bank account and you're going to be spent on something else if you lose the bet? And yeah, it was it was the case of, because uh, me and my friend Alex were actually at one point considering, well, no, not considering, sorry, we considered trying to almost make it like a, a secondary job almost. Uh, and we, we tried to sign up for this course that would take advantage of these free bets. And all it really did was, we we got impatient, couldn't be bothered to do any of it, and just spent spent the money on the free bets and and, and just stopped and didn't really follow the course. I, I think that I wouldn't recommend any of these courses personally. I think it's just another another way to focus on a dangerous industry, um, in my opinion. Um but yeah, these constant um you constantly see free, 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 free all the time. Because half the time it's not free, it's you have to deposit money. Or when it is free, you go, oh, brilliant! But you keep that money in, and you get, and if you do win, they draw you back in. They, they ultimately are going to get uh, a lot of these bookies are going to get so much of their money from people getting that that first win, and they they make so much of their money. I would I would say from people that are addicted and people that are constantly gambling and constantly putting ridiculous amounts of money on, 
Um, so they they don't mind if they if they give you a, a ten pound free bet or a five pound free bet. They want you to to get drawn in back in so you can get them get back up constantly on their site. Oh yeah, this is great. I won this or they, yeah, they, they they want you. I believe they want you to win that that free bet to get you back in. They're not bothered if they lose. 30 pounds to get you for overall that you might lose a thousand pounds for example or whatever it is so i think that it's um it it drew, uh, it drew me in especially with the the casino and i never ever thought i, I remember watching before i gambled i i do remember seeing um as you do you sometimes see videos of um like the the bbc do or uh or whatever uh, of of people talking about gambling addiction, um, alcohol addiction, things like that. And uh, one of them was like, "Oh, I never thought." Um, I went to the casino. Uh, casino I never thought I'd uh, get onto the casino. And I, I was the same. I, I, I thought I'd never ever touch the casino. That is like, and um, almost seemed sort of dirty in a weird way, even though it's the same thing. And um, it didn't. It, it seemed oh, it's just complete luck. That's that's what you go to when you're addicted. And slowly but surely, I, I get drawn into this. Um, and um, again, uh, yeah, I, I win some money on that, and uh, and I, I'd, I'd be addicted, um, especially, which I think was um, one of the biggest things was that the casino finished me off um, because of uh, I, it was the blackjack hands, the constant blackjack hands. I'd be on Xbox with my mates doing blackjack hands. I'd be winning, and I'd be like, oh, it's easy. Um, this is this is requiring no effort. It's instant, and I'm getting money from this. And I'd be up until. 4 or 5 a.m. on these live game shows that they do um, and the thrill of a new spin. Or just one more spin of this wheel and you get this, that, and the other. Oh, just deposit another £10 because they were fun. They they, they, they really, you want to see what happens. It's a bit different to a football uh, to football in that sense because it's so instant and it's got all these lights and all these parts of the wheel. Um, and uh, that I, I'd spend um, my whole whole night on, on these games and and I, that's all i'd be thinking about and uh yeah and a lot of this stems from those original free bets that got you that got me into ca- to ca- the casino originally um so yeah it's it's, it's really really dangerous because they know exactly what they're doing don't they for sure and that's why they have these uh cross inducements and trying to attract consumers uh to to the more addictive products um you know i know i know myself as i was one of those blackjack players uh, primarily as opposed to more so blackjack than than roulette and occasionally i would go on these massive heaters um you know where i'd make 20 30 40 thousand pounds but uh, very quickly um give it back but going back to chris's point in terms of the free bets and inducements it's of my belief that there should be a um once a person's had a period of inactivity on the sites, because we all know where to gamble. If we wanted to gamble, we all know where to gamble. Um, but once there's been a period of inactivity on an account is, I do believe that there should be a certain period of time where that CRM ceases activity, because that might show the operator that said person is trying to get help has stopped gambling. And it could be potentially very triggering as per uh, the case with, with, uh, with, with Luke Ashton. Now, I wanted to inquire, Dan, about your recovery. Now, obviously, there's no right or wrong way to stop gambling uh, and recover. Uh, for example, um, you, you know, Chris is a, a massive advocate of, of GA, whereas for, for myself, um, it not so much. Um, can I ask what tools or changes you brought into your life to help you stop uh, gambling and indeed enter recovery? Uh, yeah. So, um, so towards the end, just before I um, I stopped, uh, 
was was obviously the, the, the worst part of it. And um, it was on one of those um, lost. Uh, I lost a load of money. Um, and the night I I, uh, I quit, and I just thought, you know what? If I'm not going to do it now, I'm not going to do it tomorrow. I know I'm not going to do it tomorrow. I just I I, I went and I put um, Gamstop on. Um, there are plenty of tools out there. I'm sure that you can use. Um, and just block myself and um it, it so it just so happened that i had so I, i'd put a hundred pounds on i think man city to do the quadruple and while i had my ban on so there was a period of time that um i was like oh, i'll put it on for six months and then after that i can i can withdraw the the money that i'm gonna get so it was almost a relief that that almost didn't come through so i could that that was a stop. Uh, I could stop, and that was that was uh, close the book. So yeah, I, I just I just stopped that night, and I think that it was. Um, I told my parents the morning after, and it was a lot of relief. But it was very very difficult for the first um, for the first sort of uh, month, um, and I was I was still constantly thinking about it. I'd I'd usually watch a lot of gambling streamers. Um, time I was gambling, I continued watching them for the for the month afterwards. Don't actually watch any of them anymore. I'm, I, I've completely stopped that as well. But I think that it's um, it, it, I was lucky that it wasn't such. It was it was a it was a short but a, a big burst. My my sort of time gambling it it escalated very quickly with a lot of things I with my life because of my OCD and because how obsessed I get with something. It's very very quickly. Whereas someone someone else it might take them five years to get to that point where they're where they're doing these things um and i knew that i the only way i'd be able to stop is if i put a ban on myself where i couldn't couldn't bet um and i and yeah i stopped watching these um these streamers these youtubers afterwards so my mind wasn't on wasn't uh, surrounded by gambling i enjoyed watching football games and me and uh alex as well we d- we developed like this sort of this hatred to these betting companies every time a betting ad we're going oh mute that switch that over or whatever it was i think that's what that's what helped is this sort of real hatred for these for these companies doing that and uh because yeah as i said i don't think i necessarily would have been able to stop myself um, from doing it. I needed something to put a ban there, so I couldn't do anything else. But it it, it was a it, it took some time for for me. I think now that there is there, of course, there's going to be still times that I think about it from time to time. I see people around me doing it. People in my football team. I think, but I know I, I, my mind always takes me back to that time, and I know how terrible I felt. And I'd much rather like whether even if I even if there was a case where I could. Be, be granted ten thousand pounds or twenty thousand pounds but it, it, i would continue gambling i wouldn't take it because it just it, it was it was yes it was the money but it was so it was revolved my day revolved around gambling and um luckily i didn't i wasn't earning like a, a massive wage so i didn't lose as much as other people do but it's all i suppose it's all relative um, and for me, it was all it was all money I got and all, all the money I earned from my from my job. And I and it was almost lucky that I, I sort of stopped then rather than uh, a lot of people that that, uh, you know, have a family and have like a, a nine to five job where they earn, you know, 30, 40, 50,000, whatever a year where they're and they have a house and mortgage and they lose all of that. And, and it can be even more destructive. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I, that I stopped when I did. And yeah, I, I, it was I look back at it and I, I I remember how terrible I felt for for most days and how much less time I had because I didn't I didn't upload at all uh, while I was um, properly addicted to um, gambling I didn't it wasn't even in my mind and 
And that I thought that, oh, yeah, gambling can take me somewhere. I can earn money. But it was never going to progress into anything. Like, I, I was just stopping myself from doing whatever I wanted to do in my life. Um, and I think that was a that was a big thing. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons there, Dan, isn't it? It's that time. It's taken that time away from you. Unfortunately, not too long for yourself, but it does take that time away. You were there sitting thinking that this is the way to make money. Actually, what it was was a way to lose time. And yes, some money, but lose time um, when you could be doing something productive. And obviously, you do do something productive because you've got 66,000 followers on YouTube. So that's what you should be doing, isn't it? Um, but I just wanted to go off script a little bit now before Ryan jumps in. Firstly, the advice you've given there is, is really good. The stuff you've done is great. Um, one of the things that me and Ryan often talk about is honesty. And I like the fact that you told your parents straight away. That's really, really important. I just wondered what their, um, what their kind of attitude was and how they responded when you told them. They were, I think that I, I sort of the first, the first time I told, I told my mum first and I sort of kind of tried to disguise it in a way that wasn't saying, um, I, I was, I was addicted to gambling. It's, it sort of came out over the, over the course of a few conversations because I, I think I, I, I went to see my mum and I, I came downstairs and said, oh, mum, I've, I've, I've just put a ban on myself because I just don't want to gamble anymore. And she's thinking, oh, okay, that, that's a good thing. And I was like, oh, because I, I lost. And then it sort of slowly starts. Oh, okay, what? Why? Why have you? Why have you done that? Then it sort of. And then it slowly started to come out. And I realised um, that I had a problem. I was a bit more worried about my dad's reaction because he told me at the very start when I won that money, he was like, you know, the bookies always win. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. but kind of just ignore that. And so I'm making money. What do you know? I'm, I'm, I'm making the money here. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I, uh, my dad um, was completely understanding. Both my parents were really, took it really, really well. And were just really, really glad that I um, had stopped when I did. They, did. they didn't really have any idea to the extent I was doing it. And there was, they weren't angry, um, like annoyed or anything. They were just relieved um, that I'd managed to sort of recognise it, um, which I, which I really, really appreciated because I was quite worried it was going to be a bad reaction. Oh, you've, you've wasted all your money that you've got. You could have got a new car with this or whatever. Um, but it was really good to have them such a positive reaction. That's really good to hear. And uh, just moving on from that, Dan. Obviously, uh, we did touch upon. Uh, AFC Bournemouth, which, funnily enough, before lockdown, other than the Carabao Cup final, that was actually my first away trip, uh, my last away trip prior to um, prior to lockdown commencing. We lost two one. Uh, Ali Samata scored for Villa. I don't know whether you remember that game or, or not. Not off the top of my head. I feel like I should. But, uh... It wasn't. It wasn't a classic or anything like that. That's that's for sure. But yeah, we did. We did lose. Um, but I know that you absolutely love your football. I'm really interested to get your thoughts on football's relationship with gambling. And obviously, AFC Bournemouth um, had a relationship with Mansion Bet for a few years. Um, really intrigued to hear about. Um, you know, if, for example, Bournemouth got a gambling advertisement this year, I don't think they have. Uh, is it MSP Capital? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is so. Uh, would you buy that shirt? Uh, what are the ethics around that? What's um, what are you saying? So that I've actually thought about this, um, funnily enough, quite um, quite a lot because uh, since I've been going to the games, I and I, I look through my drawer and I have the ones um, from the previous seasons with their mansion on on it, and I, I think no, I'm not, I'm not going to go for that one. And it's annoying because I have three uh, signed Bournemouth shirts with all that sponsor on it uh, on my room and 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 signed and. Um, 
which which is slightly frustrating because I do I I am a bit like mm, it's annoying because they're good kits other than that I like the design um, but it is like that I don't really want to promote that and I've I've got quite a few kits with with that sponsor on it but I'm more than happy to wear wear the new ones um, and. I, I haven't worn any of uh, any of those um, because, especially with now, you, you see football shirts. That, I don't know if you've seen Newcastle's kit this season. Would be a lovely, lovely kit if um, they didn't have this massive sponsor. And it's so many kits that you just, you don't even think about um, the badge or whoever's made it. You just think about this massive sponsor in in the middle of it that's so bold. Uh, and yeah, it, it, I think something does need to be done. Uh, with with gambling uh, to do with um, football, especially with kits, um, I think that it's it just shows that it's you know these clubs have a responsibility, and of course at the moment it's normalised, but it's these clubs it's it's a family, it's a community, and when you normalise something, you put it on the front of your shirt, it's it's just saying oh this is normal, this this is what our club represents almost and um, whether they do or they don't it's it that's what it appears like and yeah I, I haven't worn any of my um any of my shirts that have that um sponsor on um and I don't think I will will, will do um, um which is you know it's, it's it's a somewhat waste of money but at the end of the day I don't want to promote that and there are plenty of new shirts and we're probably going to get all three this season um we've got a bit of a Marmite third green kit which I quite like um so I think I just want to wear them because I don't really I've, I've sort of actively thought, no, I don't want to wear that because um, I don't want that. I, I want to be able to take a picture at the ground, for example, and then not be a massive uh, betting sponsor. I don't want to be anything associated with it. So I think that, yeah, I've made sort of the active decision not to not to wear shirts that have those um, gambling sponsors on. That's good. And before Chris comes in with his question, I just want to say kudos to that. I think I've now uh, got a rule for myself that I've sort of self-imposed. And that's if Villa were to go with a gambling advertise uh, uh, advertisement, front of shirt advertisement, then I will get the retro kits or one of the retro kits. Um, so you know and that sort of counteracts that because similar to what you were saying i don't want to be a walking uh, billboard for for gambling advertising that's for sure but sorry chris uh, crack on with your question and that's okay mate and you know what i'd say on that as well it isn't just people like us in recovery who don't want to wear these shirts with the gambling sponsors on it's um it's a lot of fans there are a lot of fans shouting up and you know saying this they're shouting out they're shouting out we don't want this on our kits so um wouldn't it be lovely to see kits when you can see the whole kit do you know what I mean? Like you just said, some of these are so bold and big. You don't even see the nice kit that's beneath it. And that's crazy in my mind. That's absolutely crazy. Um, but given your YouTube stardom, I want to go on to this. I would imagine you're pretty clued up with regards to the world of like producing content and what's available out there. Um, so does it concern you how many content creators and indeed influencers are partnering, partnering up with gambling companies? And do you know what? While I'm here, I might even chuck in like... Um, like some of the newer trading platforms as well. Yeah. Um, so it is become, I think they've sort of realised, I don't know if this is, it, it, this is the way I see it. I don't know if it's this is the case, but it sort of feels like slowly but surely we might be sort of getting away from traditional media, both um, what they're being accepted and what's allowed to happen on traditional media and both because the popularity is going online, um, on YouTube, Twitch and whatever. I think that they're sort of, slowly starting to convert to these um youtubers twitch streamers content creators and as well as uh you know like investing cryptocurrency and all that end of the day 
in my opinion, it's another just another form of gambling. You're putting money in, you're not guaranteed to get anything back. And it's sort of, it's sort of, you know, it's, oh, your capital's at risk. That's what sort of said in the same way. It's sort of when the funds stop, stop, does it really do anything? Does it, does it actually, when you've bombarded you with information, you just go, when the fund stop, stops or your capital's at risk, is that actually doing anything? Um, you know, <clears throat> some of my favorite YouTubers promote it. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a bit of a tough one because ultimately that, the reality is they will promote with someone that they regardless they will promote with someone if someone doesn't do it another person will do it i got um contacted um by a company uh i think i think this is before i put my video out um i would hope so um and which uh, a gambling company um asking me to promote um but there is a rule in the uk that you have to be over 25 on YouTube, I don't know if it's the same on Twitch, but I know on YouTube, I'm pretty sure you have to be over 25 to promote anything gambling, gambling related. But I think that yeah, it's 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 a really tough one because it, it's almost everything is normalised. There's no sort of it's no one questions it um, because because it is so normalised by these clubs, by society. It always see it on ads. It's not like oh, you're doing a bad thing here. Um, you're just promoting something that is already promoted anyway. So what what are you doing wrong? And um, Quickly, I actually, I do want to touch on the um, in America as well. There's um, a lot of I don't know if it's the same rule there. I'm not 100 sure. Um, if you have to be over 25, I feel like you don't, um, but I might be wrong. Um, in America, Dan, they do whatever they want. Oh, is it? Me. When you see some of the adverts, you see it, it's very garish and outlandish. Uh, there, there seems to be no rules. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah, it, it's it, it, well, there you go then. And it's because um, the streamers I used to watch um, in America um, uh, used to be on really late at night. And the way they, they, they have their, their sponsorship set up is where they would, um, they would get $5,000 into their account they would spend whatever, they would lose that in potentially seconds. They get a free refill, refill all the time when they go back to zero. zero. And um, eventually they're going to get a, a winning, they're going to win. And uh, they get 25%, I believe, and they give away 5% to their to their followers. So, and, and people see that and go, uh, and all they put on their YouTube is the winnings. And they go at the beginning, oh yeah, this is, this is from however long our stream. But I feel like it is somewhat quite unethical. Um, and I didn't, I didn't fully realise it at the time because I was so invested in the whole gambling scene. But when you think about it, just it's unrealistic. It, um, it's almost like when you, I don't know if you've ever done when you've uh, trial played a slot and you can just, you, you, it gives you a, a thousand pounds. You can see what you get. It's kind of almost like that. It's not, it's not real money at all. Um, when someone does put their money in, it doesn't get back what, uh, what, what you're getting. Um, I think there, there is some responsibility there and it's something does need to be done with that because i do feel and they're making you 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 got to think they're making loads of money from this and i think it's their calculated losses and um, they calculate roughly how many people will bet with them and their average losses that they'll get and that's how much they pay them or something along those lines so which is i've seen i've seen streamers i used to watch win half a million pounds on the stream and obviously they'll get 25% of that which is still a lot of money but you think about if they're willing to give these streamers that much money how much money are they making from them which is the scary thing and how much money money are people losing and because also they give back to the to the followers they give five percent it's almost like this oh yeah if you keep watching though you might be in a chance to win this so I think it is a real a real problem I think there is certain it's really tough because when especially when someone you really like watching 
um, is, is is also promoting this. I think that obviously there is a difference between cryptocurrency and, and betting in, in some sense. It's still, in my opinion, gambling, betting. Um, I still think that that is something that needs to be addressed. Um, but I feel like it's, it is more of a long-term investment. You know, you're not guaranteed to lose it like that in the same way you are betting. Um, but it is still, I think, problematic um, because, again, it's another thing that could probably be normalised um, and eventually will become a problem. But, yeah, I, I think that in America, those examples that I give, I think that, that something really does need to be changed in that sense. And in the UK, it's it, it's difficult because... I th- what 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 is the what is the steps um that, that you take because it, is it going to be the kind of thing where you know we have cigarettes and you have these pictures on the front of the packets that actively go almost do not buy this um uh, and is, is it going to be a have to thing with gambling where you're going to have to put something at the front of it and show the reality of gambling like someone losing um before you advertise something like that is that going to be the case because i think that is potentially the next step. It's never going to be bans. That's just the reality. It's always going to be a thing. So I think there needs to be something similar to sort of cigarette packets that needs to be in your face, like the advert is, that shows before the advert. Instead of this, oh, we want to keep gambling, show someone losing something and show the reality of it before. And maybe that will give people an understanding and maybe people will think twice about it is my sort of thoughts on that for sure and there's so much to digest there um firstly um you know certainly from our perspective preaching to the converted with regards to affiliate marketing and uh and such and it's something that we're often uh, well i'm often talking about campaigning about with regards to these streamers and affiliates and it needs to be much more ethical um and um yeah i'm 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 uh, very active on that. In fact, I have had many a, a streamer block me and God knows what on on social media for calling uh, calling out for what it is. And with regards to cryptocurrency, um, you know, this seems to be a sort of very popular thing among young people at this moment in time. See it all the time. And um, I'm currently building an education program uh, around, or being part of building an education program around cryptocurrencies because of the rise of, uh, you know, things such as meme coins. And and stuff and the various scams that can go on because um you are right it's still gambling um it is my belief that it's still gambling um um however i do understand that some people might see certain uh, areas of cryptocurrency as a long-term investment but the problem is is with the rise of it and the ease of accessibility i and also how easy it is now to create a coin is uh, you are exposing yourself to uh, an area uh, that a lot of people just aren't aware of and i do see a lot of i see a lot of young people on on social media channels uh, primarily tiktok i think being a, a a classic case where you've got a lot of you know i looking at them in the fa- like facially i'd say 1819 and you know they're massively promoting you know a a, a meme coin and um saying this is going to make you loads of money this is going to make you loads of money and not being well qualified to give that financial advice and a lot of this stuff needs to change and on a similar note i wanted to ask you about um obviously we we discussed earlier you, you know you weren't predisposed to uh, gambling for your parents or anything like that um but i wanted to talk about fifa because obviously you know you you've played fifa from since you were very young um what's your perspective on loot boxes um you know have you ever opened loot boxes uh, would you say that that 
could potentially have um you know sparked anything from a gambling perspective um yeah so i uh i've never actually opened what you would call a loot box i uh when i was younger i buy i i did buy fifa points um a lot and i think that um it is. It's been one of those things. They have. They have had to change it recently. So they they've changed the how it works because it is very. With it being a, a, anyone can play game, it is very sort of borderline. Yeah, because they they banned it in some countries. I believe. I think Belgium and. Is it, I think there's a couple others, um, but I can't actually remember the top of my head. I think potentially Netherlands, but certainly Belgium. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was it, and um, yeah. Uh, and now and nowadays um with fifa which i'm sure will be on the next fifa you have um when you open a pack you can see what you get before and you can choose whether you can buy it or not which i think is a good step in the right direction i think you can you open it whether you want to pay whatever that pack is worth is up to is up to you so if if you if you've decided to get some fifa points or you've decided to get some coin uh, you've got some coins or whatever it is you can decide whether um, you want to buy that pack or you can wait to the next day and you can open another pack and see what you get in that one. And if it's and if it's worth what you believe the money you've put in is worth, then you can decide to buy it, which I think is a good step in the right direction. And I think they were sort of forced to do that um, because it is very sort of borderline. And that that's I've seen I've heard a lot of people, uh, one of my friends, actually, um, that would would buy a lot of FIFA points when he was younger. Um, and sort of I've heard stories of people sort of nicking their parents' credit cards to buy it. And it is sort of that same sort of feeling. Oh, my God, I've packed something insane. Oh, I've packed absolutely nothing. That was a waste of money. So it is that kind of same thing. So I'm glad that has changed. And I think hopefully you'll see similar things um, with uh, from more from more games and more companies. For sure. And lastly, uh, from me, at least, my last question Um Given your experiences of uh, gambling-related harm, is this a space that you're going to stay actively involved within? Yeah, I think that it's it's something now that, especially being a young person and having a, a younger audience, I thought it was in, important to raise some awareness uh, for. And um, you know, I, I want people to to keep talking, and I'm sure I'll I'll make another video on it at some point in the future. Um, and I want to, I want to keep it in. I want there to be to be change. Um, and yeah, I've I've had people sort of message me, um, and I've tried to respond to to some of the messages, give my advice to people, um, and uh, yeah, because I, th- I think it is important to um, to make sure that people feel like they're sort of not alone. Um, and I think there are there are there are loads of um, sort of groups and communities that can help. But I think. You know, when you've seen, watched a video of someone that you, you know, you watch and um, make a video on something, you, you it's it's like if, if if a kid watches their favorite YouTuber or whoever promotes something or tell you something, you, it's going to plant that seed in your head, whether that's a positive or a negative thing is, is another is another question. So I think that having someone that you watch and maybe look up to or whatever it is, uh, say something or, um, you know, or do something or whatever it is an important um important thing to do and um yeah i'm definitely gonna sort of make a conscious effort to to make sure i sort of try and help people and like i said with the shirt not gonna make sure um i'm not gonna wear any of those and just things like that um because i think hopefully i I can see i can i think there was something my mum told me on bbc 
uh, BBC News, there was a, I think maybe yesterday or the day before, um, there was something on where they were talking about it. And I think hopefully the next next year or this year, or I think we're possibly starting to see a change, um, especially after lockdown where so many people, there must have been, the people gambling in lockdown must have been at an all-time high. There's so little to do. So I think that raises even more awareness. So fingers crossed something can be done um, by the government or whoever legislates um, gambling. Um, so something can be done to help people and something could be enforced. Now, that's brilliant to hear, Dan. And it's great to see that you're going to stick around in this space. I think it's really important that somebody like yourself who's been through this um, is able to to help other people. And if people reach out to you and you want anyone to help you, please obviously reach out to us. We were always here as well to help you and the people um, who reach out to you. Um, and talking of that BBC piece the other day, that's probably the BBC piece that Annie Ashton was on, who we discussed with you earlier. Also Charles and Liz from a um, charity called Gambling With Lives and also Matt Gaskell, who's a clinician in this area. So yeah, an absolutely fantastic piece, which was on the news. And the more we can get it out there, the more chance we have to make these changes that we want and need to change. Um, so I guess lastly, actually, before Ryan wraps everything up, um, it'd be great to give you a chance to share your social channels. So where can people find you, Dan? Uh, yeah, so you can find me on YouTube, um, Duron. Um, just search that up on YouTube. Uh, Twitter is Duron24. And uh, Instagram uh, is Duron with a zero instead of instead of a O. And uh, that'll be the same for Twitch, which I'm hopefully gonna going to start soon which I'm looking forward to. Brilliant. Fabulous. And uh, yeah, just thank you for everything uh, today, Dan. Uh, you know, Chris and I have, well, I'm sure I can speak on behalf of Chris, really enjoyed uh, chatting with you. And uh, yeah, please stay in touch. Yeah, yeah, really great. Um, I'm really happy to, that you invited me on. And uh, I think it's been a really great chat. So yeah, cheers. Cheers for having me on. Appreciate it. Brilliant. And as for our listeners, go and check out Dan's channel if you can. We'll go and link it in the description alongside the video, in fact, that we've referred to today in which he talks about his battles with gambling. Join us next time for the penultimate episode of season numero four. Stay safe and remain gamble free. You've been listening to the All Better Off podcast. To find out more about the creators of the pod, then please visit our website, www.allbetteroff.com. UK. And don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at allbetteroff underscore and share this podcast with others. Until next time, stay safe and remain gamble free. Thank you for listening.